Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never ever about food, or weight, never ever, not even, one time, not ever, ever, ever. Hi everyone, this is Laura Lee Rourke and the It's Not About Food podcast. Going along the same theme that we have been having for the last few weeks, which is the body love cards, we're going to talk about compassion. And the front of the card is the goddess has her hand on her heart and she's looking down at the deer dog thing and with compassion and love and understanding, which is so important in this recovery. So that's the front of the card. And the back of the card reads, compassion is the necessary foundation for all healing. So even if you are healing from cancer or you're healing from drug addiction or you're dealing, you're healing from a bad marriage or anything at all that you're having a problem with and you need to have some healing about that, we have to have compassion for ourselves. So I'll continue. When we can have compassion for the parts of ourselves that we dislike the most, we can let go of the debilitating shame and self-hatred we have carried for so long and use our compassion to bring love, understanding, and then if necessary, change. So for me, once again, it's sort of like the part of me that had an eating disorder and any of any of my stuff, quote unquote stuff, um, I had no compassion for that part. I hated that part. I was pissed off at that part. I did not like that it was there. I wanted it to go away. I didn't want this issue. And I certainly had no compassion for it. (coughs) So I disliked that the most. And I found that the way to recover through that was to accept that that was probably my greatest asset. And I know that sounds completely crazy, but it really was. To have compassion for myself, even at my lowest, was such a healing process for me and so hard for me. But, you know, like the card says, I carried on this shame and self-hatred for so long. And the only way to put it down was to um, treat myself with love, understanding, And then, if necessary, which usually it was necessary, change. So I'm really glad to have my guest today. And we just figured out before we started that we have known each other about 14 years, which is great, (laughs) really great. And I'm really so grateful that she's here today. She's somebody that I really feel that shows the she's the embodiment of compassion for herself and for others, even though she might not think that, but I do think that. And I'm going to let her 
introduce herself and tell you what's going on with her. Um, hi, my name is Carson Costa, and um, I live in Sacramento, California, and I have two daughters. One is 26 now, wow. and one is uh, 21, and they both don't live in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And um, I met Laura Lee about 14 years ago at a, well, actually, I'll back up. I was in a library looking at books. I used to love to read and just was not looking for any kind of help book or weight book or anything and saw it's not about food. It was just somewhere randomly in the library. And I picked it up and took it home. And I remember that I just read it all the way through. I could not stop reading it. The whole thing just spoke to me. So then uh, I looked them up on the back of it and they and found out they lived they were just right in the same state as me yep. and looked you all up street. and found out you had the two-day seminars and went down and met you. And then my life changed. That was so great. That was amazing. Yeah. And Carol and I did that workshop together, which were, we haven't done one in a long time together, but it was really very special. And I can remember that afterwards you came... Um, or maybe during lunch, you came and said, uh, okay, so how can we get a group in Sacramento? How can right. that happen? <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't, I don't know how that can happen. But she made it happen. And I threw out some days that I could uh, drive up to Sacramento and do a group and drive home from Marin County and and we did it. She did it. She got the, all the people together. And, well, it's still going on, that same group, <laughs> with different people. But it is the same group from the very first one that Carson started. That's amazing. I didn't realize, you know, until we started talking, I didn't realize how many years it had been. That's, I that's know. really great. I know. <laughs> and it is so great that we were able to do that together. And so we have that legacy. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing truth to Sacramento. Yay! Uh, Truth about eating disorders, at least. Um, So, the card that you wanted to talk about was compassion. And I'm wondering why that spoke to you and how do you use that and, you know, everything about that. Whatever you want to tell us about. Compassion for me is probably one of the most challenging. So it's really interesting that you said that you see me as somebody who has a lot of compassion for myself and others. I see myself as really struggling with that. I I have so much compassion for my children. Like I've really learned to kind of look at their struggles in a different way. You know, not about me personally, I guess. Um, And to have empathy for that. And I have compassion for, you know, like all the women in the group and people I've talked to and people I never thought I'd have compassion for. But for myself, I have to keep reminding myself. It's always a flag to me when I start beating up on myself that I'm just like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, it's 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 there again. Like, oh, I forgot all about compassion. It'll just be, you know, just yep. pop in my head um, yep. the thought. So, so that's why I picked it because... I feel like I need, you know, I have been struggling with it. Yeah. Which is ironic to me since I'm doing some of my life feels really great. Yes. That 
that this is just a time. Yeah. Well, so this is a perfect uh, description of compassion, of that we don't do it very well. Because <laughs> who of us learned this, really, until we had to? We didn't. And it makes me cry to think of like how, how little I was when I should have had a lot of compassion for myself, but I was really not happy with myself. I was young, really young, and already upset with myself that I was not towing the line, whatever that was. So yeah, it's not easy because, and we don't hear it in the world. We don't hear it outside of, you know, the book. It's not about food, the cards, this podcast, the groups. We don't hear it. We don't hear it very often. I never even heard of it um, at all until I went to your groups and the books. And, and it was such a strange concept. Yeah. And and really hard to wrap my head around the beginning, I remember. Yeah. But so important, so critical, right? To yeah. to my um, my mental health and how I just was in my body. It yeah. was, but it, it's not out there. It's yeah. it's it's rarely out there. Maybe a little bit now, but yeah. But, um, but still, you should be thin. <laughs> Have compassion and get thin. Right. And eat right. And drink a lot of water. And look young. And look young. <laughs> And then we're okay. Yeah. Because it still has that caveat. There's still a hook. And if you just have compassion for yourself, I mean, I felt like, well, then all bets are off. I'm going to just run through the streets naked (laughs) willy-nilly. You know, I'm going to be crazy. I'm going to be as fat as, you know, the world. I'm going to be as, I'm going to be a stick, a stick bug. I'm going to be, you know, I just felt like I would be crazy. I would do all of my addictions all at the same time and be insane right if i I took that away from me that critical oh you must do blah 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 that punishing punishing person yeah that critic beating you down yeah if i took that away what would happen to me and what happened is i got recovery really that's what happened so it didn't feel like it it was counterintuitive for me to think that Mm -hmm. And why do you think, or, yeah, why do you think that um, it was hard for you personally to have compassion for yourself? If you could have it for your children or you could have it for others, you know, in the group or friends or whatever, animals, you know, you have a lot uh, of compassion for animals. I do. Um, Yeah. Definitely do. Uh, I think that it was hard for me personally was because in my head was the the voice of the perfectionist. I I should, you know, everything I do should be perfect. Therefore, I didn't do a lot of things because I figured I couldn't do them perfect from the start. And then every way I look should be perfect. Yeah. My hair. Right. Just my my body, most importantly. Most and importantly. so anytime I wasn't within the perceived perfection, mm-hmm. pretty much by my mom and then the whole rest of society, uh, I just had to be beating myself up constantly yeah. or yeah. finding the answer. And so compassion was nowhere in that. No. It, it, it just didn't exist. And so... Um, and... So when do you feel like you turned a corner with that? That you finally went, 
okay. <laughs> Everything uh, I've been trying isn't working. So I guess I'll try this. Well, I remember I was I was in the group, but I remember one day waking up and I hadn't, you know how you just like you're laying in bed and you just like open your eyes and become conscious. I hadn't even gotten out of bed or even really gotten too awake. And I heard the voices in my head start already about how I was too fat and I was so right? awful. And, and it just you're not shocked even awake. me. Not even just awake. shocked me because I had not really actually heard them before they were there i you know i realize now but they were such a constant normal background noise that i didn't actually recognize them for what was right. happening right. and at, that's at the moment that i think that it was just like oh my gosh this is this is, it was just stunning to me that that they, those voices were going on yeah. and i hadn't really acknowledged i mean i knew, i was feeling it and living it and and punishing myself with it but i had not really recognize that I was doing that to myself every day. Yeah. And so did you then jump to the idea of having compassion for yourself, that you didn't even have any compassion for yourself, and that that was the running commentary underneath everything? Well, I um, it was probably a combination of that I, well, definitely didn't have any compassion for myself. I didn't, um, <laughs> even in even in the group, I wanted very clear rules on how we could get through all the steps or whatever it was. It wasn't steps, but <laughs> I, I just... Put the group on a diet. <laughs> We're right? doing this today. What is the timeline? <laughs> so... And you probably drove you crazy. Ah, uh, there is none. There is no timeline, right. There's just, no control. It was just, I know, I, I could feel my face getting hot just thinking about it. Just like... <laughs> I remember that. Uh, so um, true. I I'm not. You're really, not the only one that does that, though. <laughs> I know. I remember watching people come through and do that. It used to crack me up. But um, I think that was just a, a real eye opener for me about the lack of compassion. Getting compassion took longer. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I think that you said, there's a, a saying that you're, I can't remember what the saying was about how you know everything, but you're not yet yeah. recovered yeah. and how, yeah. right. And how hard that can be. Cause you, now, you know, everything before you didn't know right. and you were in, and you were, you know, eating yes. disordered and then you knew, but you still weren't in recovery, you know, still right. recovered. It's a very hard place to be in. And that's, yeah. that's where you have to, that's where I really had to. Yes. Yeah, what you're describing is that what we call the top of the mountain, where you have the behaviors and you have the feelings, and but you don't know how to have the feelings without the behaviors. But you know the behaviors are not going to work. Right. You know they're not going to work, but you don't know what else to do. So you have to have a lot of compassion for you in that really horrible stuck place. And we call it a different word, but we can't say that word on <laughs> Right. On the podcast, but you can, it starts with an F. And it's really, that's the, the best clinical term I can think of it. It's, you know, exactly. an F place right there at that top. And you have to have compassion for yourself. There's no getting over that top of that mountain without going, I am so sorry I have to deal with this. And once you start I'm having so the feelings, sorry. there's no 
undoing it. There's no undoing it. And, which is good. Died. I mean, yeah, that turned out to be a good thing. Um, but at first, it's so overwhelming. And that that um, struggle of listening to your, the commentary that you have uh, 24 hours a day. You know, if you really, if we, if we go to that, it's, I would never speak to anyone like that. I would never talk to anyone like that. But I talk to myself like that all the time. Now I don't uh, so much. It's still, there is a commentary, but I don't believe it. And I don't tune into it. And I know that it's ready at a minute's notice to give me what it thinks that I should do. But I didn't, you know, I didn't have a brain operation. I just had recovery. So it's still, I feel like it's, Put in it's a it's hardwired in there at this point. I find that for me, um, sometimes I will still have those thoughts, and what's what really works for me is if I keep them in my head. I notice if I say them out loud to like one of my really close friends, even I can hear how wrong they're how yes. how how they're not true. Yes, if I keep them in my head silently, they sound more tr- they sound true. Yes, but you say them out loud, and all of a sudden you realize like that is not even. Reality, and so that so that's really been helpful for me to you know I have a couple of people that are really close to me, and that um, I can say things and they'll be like no you know even, and I'll I'll already hear it but then you know they yeah. also validate and then yeah you I'm bring saying. up a great point to have people around you that are compassionate <laughs> <laughs> and will give you a reality check of like right yeah that is not how it is. Carson, sorry, sorry, no, I'm not going with that one. That one's not really true. Right, that's so important. So beautiful, passionate people. Yeah, around you. Yeah, and um, I know that lately you have really gone through a lot of changes. Yes. And I'm wondering if if you had to sort of draw upon that idea of compassion as you went through these. You know, life. Cha- I mean, a lot of life changes. Right? Huge life changes. So yes, kids you know, out and all you think you're doing. Stuff. You think you're really. Uh, in fact, I thought I was pretty doing really well in recovery, and I still am. But when you have all these different changes, even if you're excited about them yes. and enjoying them, they start. They you know they just. I start the voices start up again, right. like you know, saying negative things, and so I've had to really draw on the compassion. Yeah. In the last 10 months. Yeah. More more than ever. Yeah. And have my friends more than ever. Yeah. <laughs> talking to me also. Definitely. Uh, because it just will, it'll just come up, you know, some different, I did, I was surprised that such a life changes can make, can make those voices come back so loud. Well, we're, we're not in control. Well, there's that. <laughs> you know, and these are core issues a lot of the time that gets you know, hit or bothered. And so we feel like if I just clamp down or I or I do something more perfect, I won't feel like this, which is not true at all. Right. You're gonna feel it you're gonna feel it. If you're if you're working hard, you're gonna feel if you're a human, you're gonna feel it. We can smush it down, but we're still gonna feel it. And I think also the idea that we um we don't have bad feelings anymore. <laughs> like, I want this, but I'm sad about this. But I'm excited about this. But I'm 
kind of upset about this. Like, we think it's black and white, and we should only have one feeling. Like, mm-hmm. I'm good about it. Right. Where did we get this idea? I don't know. A friend and I were talking the other day about how one of the things we think are that is making us, we were talking about her and I, infringes in on our happiness is this belief that we should be happy all the time. All the time. Which was, you know, it's, it's, and it's kind of the same thing, like not having compassion for, you know, you have days that are blah. You yeah. have days that you're, you cry for no reason, or right. maybe you have a good reason, who knows? And, and that right. that doesn't necessarily mean you're not, at, that you're, I don't know, that that's all okay. Yes. That there's not some resting level of happiness that you're supposed to attain. Exactly. I, all the time. All the time. Right. Exactly. Which is another expectation, I think, that the world puts on you. For sure. It's in our constitution. <laughs> <laughs> the pursuit of happiness is like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. Why do we say the pursuit of compassion or this pursuit of recovery or something? The reason pursuit of knowing who we are and being okay with that you know like what would that be like if we didn't have this you know for how it is yeah yeah and it's i don't know again who made who died and made that the rule i don't know you know so for me um i think again one of the reasons why i loved it that you picked this card is that I've seen you have, like you said, I've seen you had compassion for your children, for your animals, for your uh, people around you, even for your mom, you know. And I just wonder if you're, uh, if you ever stop to think about that and go, wait, I have done this before. I have had this feeling before, this compassionate feeling. I can do it for this as well. Probably not like I should. It kind of reminds me of you had once told me when I was doubting myself. Well, Carson, you started like going over things that I had had I Let's had review. pushed, starting with the group <laughs> in Sacramento, and I realized that I don't look back and look at, but you know what I do. So that's a really good yes. reminder to me to look at the compassion I've had. Yes, for for even my mother, for even your mom, and um, Who, remember that I can do not it. Not that you know. I mean. You had a hard relationship with mm-hmm. your mom, so... We did. Yeah, so it is a lot of growth to have compassion for her. Yeah. Yeah. But for myself, is definitely, yeah. It's, that's, that's challenging. Yes. But I can do it. Yeah, I can do it. You can do it. That's really a beautiful thing. You, we can do this. We got this. You know, it may be buried deep inside of a lot of us, you know. Some of you listening out there that have never been able to go to group or have friends that are compassionate or haven't set that all up yet, just know that you can do it. You can start with this. It is the foundation of recovery, especially this one, that we have to have compassion. So if there was a young woman out in the world, a young girl sitting in her room, just hating on herself a lot about everything she thought and did and was, what would you say to her if you could reach back to her? What would you say to her about having compassion for herself and how she's, she can get through this? I mean, I think I would, there's a lot of things I'd want to say. There's the analytical part of me that wants to tell her to go out and think, 
and really look at how everybody's profiting off of all of her bad feelings about her body and how much billions of dollars they're making. Great. But that's not necessarily the, the compassion part for herself. But yeah, it, I but think that it's gives helpful. Her a tool. Right. I think it's good to see that you all of the this. world when they're talking out there that that they don't that they're they're making money and that, yeah. that's that's the number one goal. Right. Um, and so good. I, um, I guess if I had to look back and, and say something to somebody, I'd probably, if somebody said it to me, I probably could have asked them to think of a time that they were compassionate to somebody else or to an animal. Yeah. And, or what I found really helpful is where I actually ever say these things to somebody I loved. Yes. You know, and that's really, uh, that'll stop you in your tracks. I used to say it about my daughters, but if you didn't have daughters, you could say it, you know, to your friend or your sister or somebody that you cared about. But would I really say, would I say these things to my daughters? Never in a million years. So why would I say them to myself? Because there's only me for me, right? Yeah, you're it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'm it. it. So that we're I, the first ones we meet and the last ones we meet. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. So I, I would, those, I would say that. And that's yeah. more than one thing, but. No, I love that. I, I love that. What would I say to my fill in the blank? My dog, my friend, my parents, my daughters, my whoever. The person on the street, I wouldn't speak to right. like this. Exactly. Yeah, a complete stranger you wouldn't. No. Speak so horribly to. No, I would not. I have to be really upset to even <laughs> say anything mean at all. So, not that I can't, but, you know, it has to be pretty big. It's not just sitting around, like, thinking bad thoughts about somebody, you know. I'm right. not doing that. Right. So, that's great. And to tell her that, um, those two things that... Somebody's making money on that you don't feel good about yourself. Let's just get that out of the way. And then to tell her, don't speak to yourself like that. You wouldn't speak to yourself in any other, to anyone else like that. Right. Yeah. Good. And I think because we are talking about compassion, to follow that through with, you know, the thing I love the most is, have compassion for yourself, even if you don't have any compassion for yourself. Like, have compassion for that, that we haven't been taught how to have compassion. I love that. Yeah, I really right. love that. Having compassion. I love all that kind of, that thinking words. Like, even if I don't have that, then I'm going to have, uh, yes. I'm going to believe it just because I haven't felt it yet, maybe. And I, and I know it to right. be true out there. Or I'm going to have compassion until I learn how to have compassion. I'm going to have right. compassion for the fact that I haven't learned how to have That's compassion right. yet. That I, I completely missed that whole day at school. You know that was. <laughs> there was never that day at school. <laughs> not in my school. No, not in mine either. But I, I want to give the nuns a little break. That maybe there was one and I wasn't there. So... Will you uh, read the Just for Today, I Will Practice? Today I will practice meeting each part of myself with compassion. When I feel critical of myself or others, I will consciously choose again to see the situation through the eyes of loving compassion. Oh, words to live by, huh? It's a very good practice to have that 
you know, who is it? The Dalai Lama says, you know, my religion is compassion, or my religion is love, or my religion is something other than what we've been taught our religions are, you know, but compassion is definitely a very wonderful thing to feel for ourselves and for everyone else, for sure. So I'm so pleased with Carson sitting here talking to me. I know she carved out some time in her busy day, and I really appreciate that. And is there any last-minute things that you feel like we haven't covered that you wanted to say? I um, remember when I was looking for therapy in the world that there were therapists out there who said that they were I don't know. They were they would help with uh, eating, uh, eating disorders, right. but you have to be really careful because there are definitely therapists out there who are treating eating disorders very diet oriented, rule oriented, and so I got yes. I got cut up with a group like that, and I'm so grateful that my instincts were screaming at me that this is wrong. Yes, um, and I was able to get out, and that's actually where I took all those people. <laughs> brought them to you yeah, that's true. <laughs> against that's true. you know against their better judgment yeah. but they they agreed in the end yeah. um you have to just be careful and if your instincts tell you just because of the expert that doesn't mean that they're 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 right yeah well what you're saying is how beyond hunger started in the first place was i met a lot of those therapists or those nutritionists or those people those helping people in the helping profession who said they could help me with my eating disorders, but just made it a thousand times worse. Right. Because there was a secret diet, so secret none of us knew. Even the therapist didn't know that it was a diet. <laughs> and it was crazy making. Right. So, yeah, that's a really great thing to end with. Be careful. And that's why I say bring books like Intuitive Eating or Beyond Hunger or It's Not About Food or whatever to your therapist. Say, this is what I want you to do and put a group together so we can come to the group. <laughs> it's really a good idea. Anyway, thank you so much, Carson. I really appreciate thank you being you, here today. I loved and it. I loved it too so much. And she has a great dog named Butter. And I'm going <laughs> to go lay on the ground with Butter right now. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's not about food.com. Thanks.